Amen. Now let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Let's give him a bigger hand. All right. We'll try to make this, we'll try to get through this a little quicker. Nicholas promised me donuts this morning if I was a little quicker, but he didn't get none. Who would give me about five minutes today? If you raise your hand, yeah, there's, yeah. I count about 45, an hour and a half or something like that, Pastor. So if you would, uh, turn with me to Judges chapter 2, verse number 7. And if you would, let's stand for the reading of the word this morning. Amen. If you're there, say amen. If you're watching on the screen, say amen. All right, I need some help today because I, I need you to get behind me and, and let's get this thing going. Can I get amen? It says in Judges chapter 2, verse number 7, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, did or died when he was 110 years old. Then they buried him in the border of his inheritance at timath Hiris, in the mountains of Ethram, on the north side of the mountain of Gash. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation rose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Verse 11 says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God for their of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. If you would, just for a moment, I want to take a little bit of time, and I want to preach just on a thought of what are you leaving behind this morning? If you would, let's pray this morning. Dear God, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify you for everything that you mean to us, Lord. God, I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would take me, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord. God, that you would just show up, Lord, that you would just come, Lord, that you would speak each and every word, Lord, that you let it be ordained through heaven, Lord, that comes out, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts, our minds, and God, to be able to receive what you want to speak in and through us this morning, Lord. And God, we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Uh, this morning, whenever I was, uh, this week, whenever I was sitting there doing that, uh, uh, preparing for my message and stuff like that, we went to camp meeting Wednesday, and I didn't even think about that we didn't get home till 1 o'clock. And I was like, man, I'm not going to make this stuff. And then Friday night, we didn't get home till about 3 o'clock. But I'm going to tell you something. We were in some absolute awesome services. But you know what? My thing is, is what are you going to leave behind for this next generation is my question to you this morning. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 says, a good, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. My question to you is, what are we going to leave behind? What, what, what is it? If we're going to leave them a house, a car, money, if we're going to leave all this awesome stuff for them, but what if we leave them without an inheritance, without a, a heritage of the, being in the presence of God? 
What, what are we going to leave them? What, what are we going to do if we can give them all this stuff that, that's tangible, but we leave them spiritually dead? You see, I believe that God is calling the church back to holiness. I believe that He wants to impart not only in us as adults, but He wants to impart into this next generation. Because I believe that it's very important that the next generation is raised in a Holy Ghost-filled environment, a church. I believe, listen, I, I don't think it's going to be strange. Can I tell you, I don't think it's going to be strange, Pastor, whenever they come in here lamed and crippled and they leave one way. I believe they're going to say, I know that it was the power of God. Hey, man, I believe that whenever, what are we going to leave behind? Mom and Dad, no matter how much money we leave them, no matter what we can do for them, whenever we leave, if we leave them without the power of God, what have we truly left them? You see, I want to see my girls succeed. I want to see them be great in life. I want to see them do all kinds of awesome stuff. But if they do all this and they don't make it to heaven, then what have I done for them? If I don't point them to heaven, then what truly have I done? If they build all the wealth in the world, what have they done? You see, my question is, what are you leaving behind this morning? What, whatever, what are the, your children going to look back on? And what's one of the things that they're going to say, you know what, I learned that from my dad. Junior, one of the things that we want to do is, is I, I, I look back over things in my life and I say, you know what, I was just like Estel Scow. Now, if you're in my house and if my girls do something crazy, they, they, they take that after their father. Anybody else? Listen, my girls can do something crazy, Chloe. She does all the time. She takes that after her father, but she does something good. That's, that's mommy's baby. But what are we going to be remembered for? You see, I, I remember uh, I, I read a story about a little second grade girl that that she uh, she she was uh, had to make a report about her hero, and she chose her dad. And her dad was so ecstatic about because she had chose him. And Grandpa, he kind of he just knelt down and he said, "Why didn't you choose me?" And she whispered back. She said, "Because I couldn't say Arnold Schwarzenegger. She couldn't spell it." So my thing is, is if she could spell it, what kind of stories could she have told? Do you know, and I want you to think about this right now, moms and dads, do you know that the rate of being a father today is falling greater than any other occupation that, th that there is? I don't know about you, but I believe that God is calling the fathers back. I believe that God, because I'm going to tell you something, I believe that we need the fathers today. I believe that we need men back in the church because I'm going to tell you why. 63% of teenage suicides are for, come from fatherless homes. That 90% of all homeless runaways come from fatherless homes. That 80% of rapists have come from fatherless homes. That 70% 70, 70 of juveniles come from fatherless homes homes, that 85% of juveniles or teenagers that are sitting in prisons today come from fatherless homes. You see, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because I come today to lift up some fathers. And as Jason said a little bit, my hat's off to the mothers that do double duty because they don't have a father.
And you know what? I, I believe that, that today that, that we're here to lift you all up. We're here to run this race with you. Today I come to encourage you to keep on keeping on just a little bit, to keep on fighting just a little bit for your family, to keep on being the man of God that God's called you to be that's willing to stand in the gap, that's willing to take all the darts, that's willing to, to fight all hell when it starts to break loose in your life, but you're willing to hold it together because you're willing to hold up a standard for God. Hey man, I believe that God's calling the church back to holiness, but it's going to start with the men of God in the church. And I believe whenever we get a hold of it, when we hold it up, I believe that God will move in our families, and I believe that it'll move in the church. Hey man, I'm talking about what are you leaving behind this morning? You see, I believe that God's calling us back to be menly men. Hey man, I believe that He's tired of the limp-wristed uh, the men that come around a little bit and, and a bunch of sissy five twenty birds. We need men in the church. Hey man, but we need men of integrity. We need men of valor. We need the men that, that take out the garbage throughout the week, amen? Hey man, we, we need the brave men that's willing to kill the, the stink bugs and the spiders whenever they're in our rooms, amen, Chloe? Uh, because they may come out and jump on you and kill you a little bit, so it's so I have to go up and kill get the stink bugs and all that. But you know what? We need to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Listen, that doesn't mean that we're the boss. That doesn't mean that we're to downgrade our wives or, or anything else like that because if it's like my house, listen, if God speaks it, I'm going to run it through her too just to make sure that it's okay. But you know what? I believe that God is calling us back to being the spiritual leaders of our homes. I believe that, that He's calling men of God uh, to be the spiritual leaders not only for our wives but for our children's needs. I believe that a legacy is defined as somebody someone that passes down to generation to generation that will follow us. My question to you this morning is, what are they following this morning? What are you leaving behind for your, for your children and their children? Can I tell you that you're only two generations away after you die for never to be thought of again? You think about it, tell me about your great-great-grandmother. It's hard to do it, isn't it, sometimes? You know just a little bit. But how about if we leave an impact in somebody's life? I believe that, that we need to leave an impact. I, I believe that, that we need to do awesome things because I, I, I just wrote that the other day, and, and Friday I was taking Emerson to this um, uh, science camp that they were having at EKU. And listen, I was driving, and, and listen, we were trying to get there. She, I'm like, Emerson, you know where we're going? Yeah, I know where we're going, Dad. Gotcha. So uh, I'm, I'm going down the parkway or the bypass, and a tractor trailer pulls out in front of me. They ain't nothing a mile and a half behind me. And I do whatever good Christian man should do. I lay on the horn. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, 20 seconds of it. And then I look over and there's nothing Bob in the other lane, so I swerve over and I get beside him and I'm going like he is. What are you doing? And he goes like he is. He goes, sorry. And I went, and then I went on and I'm telling you, I looked over at Emerson and I thought to myself, Man, what am I leaving behind for this generation right now? I'm teaching her how to be crazy. But you know what? What are we leaving behind this morning? When we come into this world, we come in with our fists clenched. But when we leave this world, we leave our, with our hands wide open. 
When we leave, what will we leave behind? You see, money, wealth, houses, property, all this stuff, we, we can leave it behind, but whenever death comes, it's no good in the life to come. You see, the only thing that we can leave behind is a true relationship with Jesus Christ. The life that will come, and listen, it'll take us to the life ever after. You see, your faith in Christ is something that money cannot buy, but it's something that death cannot take. You see, Joshua left behind a spiritual heritage. He left behind something because he had been through something. Is there anybody been through anything in this place this morning? Amen? Listen, I, I, can I get an amen? Say, preach on, preacher. All right, come on, I need some help, and we'll get through this and go eat for Father's Day. Amen? Amen? You see, Joshua made a commitment to pass down his heritage to his children. In Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15, it says, and if it, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that come over the other side of the river. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My question to you this morning is, what are we choosing? You see, we can come into the, it doesn't intimidate the enemy at all if we come in and we sit in the pews and we hear good Holy Ghost filled preaching as long as we don't apply it when we walk on the outside of this place. You see, more now than ever, it seems like we're patty caking with the world more than we're getting into the presence of God. You see, we're speaking in thumbs more than what we're speaking in tongues. Can I get an amen? I believe that God is calling the church more now than ever and he's saying, you know what, I want to get you to a place that you can pass it on to the next generation but you got to get to a place you see Joshua died at the age of 110 and his generation dies in Judges chapter uh, 2 or 10 it talked about verse 2 or Judges 2 verse 10 they got it up there that after the whole that after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors that another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord or what he had done for Israel. I don't know about you, but that just blows my mind that we won't pass down or we won't tell of all the good things that God has done. You see, something's wrong with this. How is it that an entire generation comes up with not even knowing who God was or, or what he had done? You see... A whole generation failed to pass down their faith in God. You see, I believe that there's people that, that's around in our communities that, that they live like that today. They may not uh, raise their children in church. They may not do a whole lot of things, you see. And they call that uh, do, as you type, do as you please type people. And you see, I don't know about you, but whenever I was younger, and, and my mom would say stuff like that whenever I was trying to, well, maybe I wasn't being what I should have been to her. And she'd say, yeah, he's just doing what he pleases anyhow. It don't matter what I say. Anybody mom ever say that to him? Listen, my mom redheaded. She'd wake up and be mad. She was just looking for an excuse. But in Charisma Magazine uh, this year, this is, this is what it says to do as you please. This is what happens whenever we don't hold a standard. That 64% of Christians say that all religious faiths Faiths are equal in value. That 58% of people believe that if a person is good enough, that they can earn their way into heaven. What a lie. That 58% believe that the Holy Spirit is not real. 
Amen. They should have been here this morning. That 55% of Christians believe that there's a heaven, but do not believe that there is a hell. That every 22 seconds, because of this stuff, because we have dropped the standard in the church today, that every 22 seconds that a major crime is committed in the United States, that a murder is committed every 30 minutes, that 125,000 high school girls will become pregnant this year, that over 100,000 teenagers will carry a gun into the school system at some point this year. You see, what are we passing behind? What are we leaving behind for the next generation? What are we doing? If we're patting, listen, they don't need a best friend. They need somebody that's going to leave a legacy behind them this morning. How can we turn it around? You see, the world's telling them one thing, and the church don't have a clue what to say. You see, they, they, don't want to be, they don't want to be considered a bigot. They don't want to be considered uh, uh, just like a, a hate group or something like that. But I'm going to tell you something. Can I tell you, if it was sin way back then, it's still sin today? Hey, man, you can say what you want. You can try to excuse what you want. You can kind of justify whatever you want. But if it's wrong, it's wrong. And I believe that we need to get back to a good Holy Ghost feel. Listen, I, I, I love the what we felt Friday and this week. Listen, that's what I desire. You see, what are we passing down to the next generation? There's the faith that we need to be passing down. You see, faith is passed down because we got to possess it. You see, we can't pass something down that we don't first have ourselves. And there's one thing that I've noticed about this generation, Tyler, is we can tell a counterfeit a mile away. Listen, you can get up and, and you can puff all you want, but listen, they, they can sense it all. That they, they can tell you, they can smell you out a little bit. You see, Joshua passed down his faith in God. He expressed the godliness, and he knew what God had done in his life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Timothy was, says that Timothy was influenced by his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. And you see, I believe that sometimes in our lives, I believe that, that we can't stay on fire all the time, Christian. I believe that there's times where, where we become smolting embers a little bit. But I believe there's also times whenever you can start hearing about the old stories about people. And I believe that Timothy, maybe he got by and his grandmother Lois said, you know, I, I remember a time whenever we didn't have enough to get by, but I believe that I got into the presence of God and God showed up and he supplied just all that we needed. I believe that he started listening about his mother, you whenever she started praying and she said oh God I want you to save my husband we need a spiritual leader more now in our life and the next thing you know the Holy Ghost moved and he got saved I believe that whenever she, he just went back I believe that, that he went back into his heritage. I believe that he went back into his mama and his grandmother's legacy and he started realizing, you know what? That ember's starting to come back into a flame. I believe sometimes we just need to go back and remember that God can do it. Hey man, if he did it back then, he's still going to do it today. I believe that we need more men and women filled with the presence of God more now than ever. You see, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's more important that we walk the walk. You see, you've come too late to tell me that God's still not saving because we've seen almost 60 people saved this year in this church. You see, you've come too late to tell me that God's not healing because I've already seen God's been healing all kinds of things going on. You see, you've come too late to tell me that He's not delivering. You've come too late to tell me that He can't put back the brokenness in your family. You see, you can't tell me that God's not trying to do something awesome in His church. Friday night at that youth service, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It, it was awesome. 
the young the man the gentleman got up and, and he talked about himself for about 40 minutes and I was like okay and then I, I didn't know how he was going to get it if he was going to pastor if he was going to work the altar from that angle I'm, and then he goes like this and I'm gonna tell you something that's it's where my heart wasn't right and he got up and he said now he said I'm going to preach if you don't care and I went preach bro you've been up forever but I'm going to tell you something. The man absolutely, like Pastor Sean said, and, and he said he was going to go more. But I, I, I'm going to tell you, when we got into that altar, Doug, all I could do every time I lift my hands up, tears would just flow down my eyes. And I'm going to tell you something. I told God that night, I said, God, I said, I want you to help my heart more now than anything. God, I, I want you to help me because there's a generation that's going to get lost behind if we don't experience what we're experiencing in this house right now. We don't need just another church service. We don't need just another worship set. We don't need just another. We need the power of God back in the church. Amen. We patty cake with the devil. We patty cake with the world. We'll let the church, or we'll let, uh, we'll let our, our phones, we'll let the TVs, we'll let our schools educate our children, and we don't teach them what we need to be teaching them. I believe it's time to shut up or put up. Put up or shut up, whatever. I'm, but I truly believe that, that one of the things that we need to do is I believe that we need to proclaim it. I believe that we need to be telling what God's doing. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, they got tired of telling that's what happened. I come across a study that I read the other day, and they asked, I didn't say how many fathers that they surveyed, but they asked all these fathers, they said, How much time do you spend with your children a day? And just about every one of them said, 20 to 25 minutes. Well, they put a little microphone on them and they done this case study over a couple months and they come to the conclusion that each father spent on average 37 seconds a day speaking into their children. Now, I don't know about you, but what are you going to impart into this next generation if you're only speaking 37 seconds a day into their lives? You see, in Proverbs chapter 1 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instructions. How are we going to give instruction if we don't talk to him? I'm going to tell you something. Not only do we need to talk to him, but we need to be examples for him. I believe that, that we need to be the godly men that God's called us to be. And listen, if there's not a man there, I, I believe that there's men that needs to take up the slack a little bit. But I believe that we need to be telling our testimony. When was the last time that you told somebody about the goodness of God? When was the last time that you shared your testimony? I, I remember for years I, I would never share my testimony if my mother was here. Because I would be like, man, I know she's going to come up and jerk me up and whoop me because of things that she's finding out. But you know what? I, I believe that whenever I start thinking about whenever we first got married, me and Darla, and, and Darla got Gillian Beret, and she was paralyzed from the waist down, not knowing if she would ever walk again. But yet I remember on a Sunday night whenever we brought her in and she sat down and the man of God was preaching. He got about halfway through the service. And he said, you know what, Darla, I feel led that we need to pray for you. And by the end of the service, she was shouting back and forth across the room, you come too late to tell me that God's not real. You come too late. You come too late to tell me that God's not done something great in our pastor's life when he had a blood clot in his leg and his leg swelled up to a size 36 pairs of, a pair of pants. You can't tell me that the enemy didn't try to kill him, but God said, but God had a plan for his life, and I want you to look at his fruit that's paying off this morning. 
Amen. I believe that, listen, we need to be telling our story. We, we, need, we need to be telling what God's doing in and through our lives and other people's lives because He's still healing and moving and delivering. We need to be telling about how God brought us out. Dads, what's the most important thing in our lives today? Is it our job? Is it our hobbies? Is it our travel? Is it the lake? Is it sports? What, what is the thing that's holding us back the most? You see, there was a young girl that come in and got in her daddy's lap in his office and said, Dad, I want you to come and look at my picture that I've drawn. He said, honey, give me, he said, give me about 10 minutes and, and we'll, we'll go from there. She come back later and she said, Dad, she said, when are you going to come look at this picture? And he got, he become irate a little bit, got a little bit upset. And he said, honey, I told you, I'll come look at it when I get a chance. Now you need to get out of here and go. Scolded her pretty good. She walked away. And then a couple hours later, he come out and he looked at her and he said, Honey, he said, I, I want to see your picture now. She took him and she, she was excited. She showed him the picture. It was her, her brother, and her mother and the family dog standing outside on the lawn on a pretty day. He said, Honey, he said, that's a beautiful picture. He said, But I have one question. He said, Where, are you, where am I at in this picture? Why am I in it? She said, Daddy, she said, You was too busy in your office. You see, I don't know about you, but how are we going to speak into this next generation if we don't take time? You know what? It's, it's, enough. It's, it's not enough that we tell them how to get into the presence of God. Let's take them into the presence of God. Let's take them into the presence. You see, Joshua had a story that he had to tell, and he was going to tell it. He didn't care of, of, of what was going on in his life. You see, you couldn't tell him. He, he was going to let everybody know how, he, how Israel was brought out of the, uh, out of Egypt, out of Egypt. Let me get that out here in a little bit. He he could tell them about the plagues that that went on. He could tell them about his Red Sea experience. He could tell them about the Battle of Jericho. He could tell them about how God sent ravens and fed them at night because he had an encounter with God. And the last thing is, and Nicholas, if you want to, you can you can come on up. In Genesis eighteen and verse eighteen, Abraham will surely become a great nation and a powerful nation to all nations on the earth and will bless throughout him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. You see, mom, dad, we're going to follow after what we do, not after what we say. I ran across this little song that that I hear so many people say, and, and because, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed with three girls. I, don't, I didn't have a little boy, so he can grow up and want to be like me, but I pray that I can be an example for my girls, that they can say, you know what, that's what I want my husband to be. And you see, I ran across this song, and, and, and he, he went on to say, he said, I want to be just like you, because he wants to be just like me. He said, I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. You see, our children, they're watching you, dads, moms. They're watching you. They're seeing a whole lot more. They're taking in a lot more than what you'll ever know. See, if your lifestyle matches up to what you say and what you believe, listen, they'll follow you. 
They won't do as much as we say, but they're going to do what, what you do. I was uh, I read across this other little story here, and this little boy he was caught swearing like a sailor. This young man, he he was potty mouth. His mom jerked him up, said, "Son, where did you learn that at?" He looked up at his dad, and said, "You want me to tell her dad?" I believe. Listen, I, I don't believe that we got to live perfect in front of them, but I believe that. You know what? I believe it's okay if, if we learn to apologize to our children. You know what? You're looking at somebody that I've had to lick my calf and apologize. And tell them, you know what? I blew it. You know what? I, I believe in letting them see me be human just a little bit. Because you know what? We don't always get it right. And if you would, let's stand across the building this morning. My dad was 62 years old first time that he ever prayed the prayer of salvation I was saved years before my dad ever become to know Jesus in my house we we had a we, we he was a Vietnam veteran uh, you know things things happen people die you know we didn't tell each other that we loved each other we didn't you know, the way that he showed that he loved us was by putting on his boots every day and going to work. And I remember after he got saved, and it was a couple years after he'd been saved, that he passed something down to me that that broke me. You see, you could never come and get in the presence of my dad that he would tell you about Jesus. He would, he would tell you about the things that he had encountered, the things that, that he had done just in a short amount of time that he'd been saved. But the one thing that he did that he passed down to me is I remember the first time I would tell him all the time, I said, Dad, I love you, buddy. And I remember the first time that he told me that he loved me. Listen, I held it together like a champ till I got in the car. Now I'm going to tell you something. I didn't cry that hard when he passed away, I don't believe. And I, I just, you know, the thing about it is, is I truly believe that he passed down because he possessed something, even though in his short little life that, that he lived while he was saved, but he passed down something that now I pass down to my family. We don't go to bed at night that we don't hug each other, give each other a kiss and say we love each other. We don't, we don't do anything that, that we don't put God first in everything that we do. We, we try to put God first in everything. And you see, more than anything... I want to pass down to my girls what God's done in my life. But not only what He's done in my life, I want them to go further in God 